Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 103. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I am a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Jelly Donut Tetris. Wow. Is this because what I told you before we started this thing I can't do? Is, that, is, this, is this what I get for trusting you? It, I don't know what you're talking about. All I'm saying is Jelly Donut. <laughs> Is what came to my mind. All right. Let me just back this up. The reason, well, first of all, your voice sounds impeccable. Thank those, you. Those voice acting classes are going a long way. This podcast sounds great. Second, uh, before we started recording this episode, I asked Octavius, you ever uh, have one of those weeks yeah. where you just can't get to the gym? Yes. And uh, and now I get jelly donut out of this. Okay. That's not. I see how it is. Don't internalize you it. call me Duncan. <laughs> don't internalize where i'm at it's just what came to mind okay it was the j that came to me uh-huh it's what i had on my heart sometimes i think about what the j name might be mm-hmm. i try to guess what it could be you never guessed jelly donut huh? no 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 today and this <laughs> this would never ever have been the case mm-hmm. but i thought Jack Black History Month. <laughs> I thought, I thought maybe, maybe, I get, maybe I'll get Jack Black History Month. That would be funny. I wish I came up with that. <laughs> I might get Jelly Donut. It's all right. It's okay. I wish I came up with Jack Black History uh, Month. What counts is on the inside, and what's on the inside is jelly. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks since we've got on the mic to talk about geek things. That's right. Um, a Highly of- controversial glass one shot. I've had a lot of people. Really? A lot of people speak to me about that. Tell one me what shot. they've said. Uh, people can't seem to agree on glass. Okay. And you know, like it's it's a movie, and everyone has an opinion. That's just how it works. Uh, but and you for, know, we've been saying this for years. You know, we've been saying it for somebody years. Somebody right and somebody somebody wrong. wrong. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of people, in particular, this is how I know people would listen to CBJ. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in my life would be like, "What do you mean you didn't like glass?" Really? And I said, well, hold on. It's not that I didn't like glass. It's just glass wasn't group. It wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it, I, I've been going through it with my friends, right. talking to them, clarifying my statements. And what did I, you t- I, tell I, me? I maintain bring, at the top of this in. episode, I'll say, I, I'm pretty sure I included this in the last episode mm-hmm. uh, in the glass review, in the one shot. I'll say it now. Glass is a movie about how dangerous Philly potholes can be. That is what the that's the whole that's, movie for that's me. That's one takeaway. That's the whole thing for me. And that that's is one takeaway. I'll put my flag in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just thinking we, we will do a one shot a little bit later. We have a one shot in store, mm-hmm. in the barrel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wonder if I will have the same responses. We shall see. Yeah. Somebody say something to me. Let me know what y'all think. And I want to know. Mm-hmm. Nobody ran up on me talking to me about what they Step about. to Octavius. Let me know what's going on. Let him know. I'm looking at Letterboxd here. Mm-hmm. Since we last spoke. Letterboxd is your movie cataloging app. Yeah. I've seen the Lego movie part two. The Lego, the Lego movie two, the second part. Can't wait. I've seen Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Master of Universe. What? I have seen <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion, the end of Evangelion. Oh, man. I've also finished Oof. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Congratulations. Mind you, I'm not just sitting around watching movies and TV all day. It's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. I watched Amanda Seals' I Be Knowing, mm-hmm. her comedy special on mm-hmm. HBO. Mm-hmm. Alita Battle Angel. That's right. Velvet Buzzsaw. I've seen it. And yesterday, I watched What Men Want. Oh, okay. Yep. Taraji, right? Taraji. Uh, have you seen, since we're, we're going down, have you seen Russian Doll? I have three, four episodes left. Yeah. 
and I'm having a good time. Yeah. Half hour episodes starting to kind of like come together. Like, all right, where are we going? Yeah. It feels like we're coming to some some sort of conclusion. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. You finished it? Yeah, I did. I, I watched that over the weekend. And, uh, between, and Velvet Buzzsaw. Between Saturday and Sunday. And I watched Velvet Buzzsaw because that was a, you know, it's a movie. It's a quick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved, absolutely adored Russian doll mm-hmm. thought it was outstanding. Every mm-hmm. everything about it was was just great, and uh, I hope we get more of that. And Velvet Buzzsaw, I, I, you know, I'm a, a little on the fence. I think I there were parts of it that I enjoyed, and then overall, I think I looked at it and thought, "What are we doing here?" I got Velvet Buzzsaw as a as, as a solid C, solid. Okay, I'll give it a C. I saw. Yeah, you know, but well, you know what I did see over the weekend that blew me away. What's that? Neon o- Genesis Overlord. Email. No, don't. Oh, see, I saw. I saw. Don't that. bring Neon Genesis. That's a completely different episode. I saw Overlord. We will have to do an episode of Neon Genesis. Yeah, uh, we'll bring in a therapist. We'll have someone walk us through this stuff. A translator, a professional, someone uh, who can read kanji. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna have Shinji in here. We're gonna have no, 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 Pen Pen in no, here. No, I don't want any of that happening. <laughs> I, I honestly don't want to be around none of Lilith that. or Adam. Whichever, no. don't even know who's uh-uh. who. You know, the the Lance of Longinus. Get that. Don't bring that anywhere near me. <laughs> Let you know right now. I, I'm just gonna say this one thing about since we're talking about uh-huh. Ava. I told you after I finished watching Ava. First of all, Adam was talking about Ava Evangelion for a very long time. So I rewatched it. This rewatched year. it. Yada yada yada. Blah blah blah. You gotta yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. I watched it. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't want this in my spirit anymore. <laughs> I want this away from me. Uh-huh. Like, okay, in my normal way, mm-hmm. I, recognize, I recognize I was never a good book learning student mm-hmm. as in my adulthood. I never was like, a, oh, man, I'm straight A's. But I love to learn. Okay. I love to study things. I love to deep dive on things. So, mm-hmm. of course, you watch, anybody who's watched... Evangelion. After you finish it, you're kind of going, the hell just, let me, go- I got to Google, I got to go podcast, I got to, you know, so yeah. I go down the rabbit hole. It's a puzzle. And at a certain point, I was like, I just, I, I don't, I don't want this darkness on me. I understand. Anymore. I understand. So I had to take a break. Yeah, and then you watch the the movie that comes after it, which is exponentially worse. Way darker, more abstract. What? What? Uh, and it's it, that's why I think it belongs in its own episode. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have to just like pack that up, compartmentalize. And that. also, it's coming to Netflix, so that's everybody right. else. Everybody else hasn't had a chance to see it. Yeah, so it, maybe maybe as we get closer to the springtime, we we will have the resources and the wherewithal to, to make an episode out of that. But right. I was going to say, I did see the movie Overlord, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Overlord was. Almost like this is a video game, right? Yeah, it was so video game. Mm-hmm. Everything, the way that it was shot, you know, the 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 varying levels of what's boss. that game? You just you Wolfenstein. Just, Wolfenstein. It felt like Wolfenstein. Yeah, I, I had so much fun with that movie. It was creepy. the The effects were great. The action was good. The characters were fun. Mm-hmm. It was disturbing. Yeah, the catharsis of like the end of the movie was great. Loved it. I loved Overlord. Don't know why it took me so long to see that. Shout out to Bokeem Woodbine. Hope you got paid. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. for what he did. For what you did. Yes. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, so, yeah. I don't even know where we're at in our conversation. We got a point. stacked plate. We have a lot of things to run through, and uh, and then oh. eventually we'll have a, a, a one-shot movie review for 
all of you to listen to our take on Battle Angel. Wait, Alita Battle Angel. Correct. The manga is the reverse order. Battle Angel. The movie. Alita. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Alita. All right. So top of the top of the list. This mm-hmm. past weekend, Anthem. Yes. Was there was a demo on the internets. Uh-huh. I am more of a pickier pickier video game player than you are. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot more times on the sticks than I do. But this is one that I visually was like, oh man, this looks interesting. Yeah, I want to get into this. Yeah. Demos coming out, hitting the group text. Hey man, da, 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 da. Adam, stick in the mud. He's like, F yeah. out of here. Get from around me. I don't want nothing to do with this. I was busy with Resident Evil 2. That's not, that is not the energy I'm I felt to fight via, Mr. X. via text. Oh That's, yeah, Mr. X is serious. Yes. But via text, I felt a different vibe. Yeah, I was lukewarm. No, you were you were negative. I would say lukewarm because I'm not negative toward the game. The, these are the same. Let's just break it down. Uh, Anthem is a game being made by EA and BioWare. BioWare, yeah. It is like a what is called a shooter looter. You ever hear that phrase? I haven't. A shoot. It's horrible. Tell me more. Is be damned. Shooter Why? looter. It is a, a, a game in the styling of Warframe or Destiny, where you shoot, 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 and you loot, 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 and you just level infinitely. And then when you beat the story, you have the end game, and you grind it out forever. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of the game is to get more loot, mm-hmm. more aesthetic stuff, look cooler. The, and, and the reason why I thought that you would like it yeah. is because I know you're a Destiny guy. I do like I Destiny. I got yeah. into Destiny. I was like, oh, maybe this is something Adam and I could play. Yeah. Uh I have a lot of misgivings toward this game. Partly Thanksgiving. Be- what is Thanksgiving? I got a lot past? of thanks. Uh, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Right. I yeah. have a lot of, uh, a lot misgivings, of misgivings toward this game, partly because it's coming from EA. And that means that I'm nervous about it because EA... You still mad about the Bond games from 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I had forgotten about those games, but now you brought it up. Yeah. They made some shit Bond games, uh, but, but they they are responsible for what I think is some of the most like uh, uh, unethical, awful video game economy. That the microtransactions. Oh, this you know, is where that came from. EA is EA is the worst when it comes to that stuff. You remember Star Wars Battlefront? Yes, and people were railing against that. Yes, yeah, they, that's EA. Mm-hmm. That's EA, that's what they do. They are a major company, and they realize what we can do is drain gamers of. Everything they've got, so they have a competitive edge. I do have a bone to pick with EA. So I'm a little nervous about it. As far as Star Wars is concerned, because they were making an Uncharted Nathan Drake-esque Star Wars world game. Mm -hmm. That's the word on the street. And then they kind of like... They dropped it. Dropped it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they brought in some of the people who made Uncharted Mm -hmm. to help make this game. Mm -hmm. And from what I hear, when it started turning out like Uncharted, they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sure. And it's like, wait, what did you think the Uncharted folks were going to come do? Yeah, I don't you know. You know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, I was frustrated when I heard that because I was like, man, I love Uncharted. Can you imagine what a Star Wars... By Naughty Dog? Yeah, oh Uncharted God. game. Like unbelievable. I, imagine a Star Wars God of War type of... That would be unbelievable. Anyway. That'd be really good. Go on. Uh, yeah, so look, I, I'm, I'm excited about Anthem because there, there are a lot of things that I like about it. And then when the demo 
came out. It was initially released as a VIP demo. Yeah. And or pre, what they pre-order call pre-order folks. Right. It was just for pre-order folks. Mm. And they got a different demo than what you and I got. They oh, got really? To, they got to play more content. They had access to more javelins, which is the suit of armor that you mm-hmm. play in. Mm-hmm. You fly around like Iron Man. The whole allure of the game is it's like Destiny, but you're Iron Man. And instead of first person, it's third person. And uh, I, I'm just nervous about it. I'm, I'm in the position in which I think I'm definitely not buying this until other people I know and trust buy it and tell me what's what. So I'm not a day one buy on this because of EA. Because of EA. If it were only Bioware, I'd be all in because I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. And I love that game series. I love that franchise. I want more of that. But you have you played the demo. I did. And you did not like it. I, I have, Is that correct? I have thoughts about it. What and, are the thoughts? Uh, I'm underwhelmed. Uh, Go on. Uh, I got a list of things that just did not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you move so slowly, so freaking slowly in Fort Tarsus, that hub world, mm-hmm. that like little village or or I did or, want to run, but I couldn't run. No, and it's in first person, so it's a little jarring. I did appreciate that there are some people to talk to, and you have dialogue options, mm-hmm. a la Mass Effect, but the dialogue options seemed inconsequential. It was just like random. Man, I mean truly random conversation topics. I talked to a guy about a woman who was making moves on him, and oh, he didn't want... He was a bartender. Yeah. And that was voiced by the guy who plays Kenneth in the show 30 Rock. He okay. was also in Wreck-It Ralph. He's a... Uh, who's the Fix-It guy? Fix-It Felix? Fix-It Felix. Yeah, that's that voice actor. Fix-It Felix? Yeah. And I, I liked the little things like that. I thought it was neat. When I got into the the game itself eventually i slowly crawled my way over to that suit one of the things that i was put off by is the fact that this game promises four different classes of javelins Mm -hmm. four different gameplay styles different tactics different armor Mm -hmm. different abilities that's great but they only give you one javelin to try in the demo which means you could have leveled up to more i understand you could have i just wasn't having fun so i wasn't sticking around Mm -hmm. and so i was surrounded by a dozen other people who looked identical to me. And I thought, well, that's a weird way to illustrate what you're trying to sell me, right? Like We, we all look like Bumblebee zipping around here, not really knowing how to play. So I didn't really get the chance to play with a variety. And then I think the third-person mode makes it so the combat felt a little weak. It, it didn't feel up close or personal. It wasn't really, really visceral. Destiny does a lot of stuff wrong, but one thing that it does brilliantly is it plays great when you shoot something it feels good the mechanics work really well Mm -hmm. but in this game it's more like you ever play that game just cause third person game i haven't but i know what you're talking about it's like shooting guys in that is just uninteresting and that's ultimately how it felt for me in this game anthem and the frame rate was bad and like it was chugging along tech on a technical level it just didn't look like it did when they showed it to me at e3 Mm. i don't have an xbox one x so i'm not on the the precipice of like true next gen gaming or whatever i also don't have a 4k tv yeah so like maybe i was i was not getting the intended experience but I, i think ultimately i was let down like it wasn't giving me an experience that i found really fun and uh i played for a few hours didn't totally know what I was supposed to be doing at any given time. That's the one thing. Sort that of I can fell say. into a mission. The most, the most, the thing that. So for me, I was like, "Oh, I fly around with my friends on missions and fight stuff. Mm-hmm. Good enough. Yeah, that 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 good enough. Fun. Sounds like fun. Sure. Level up. 
put my suit together, put my things on, giant monsters and titans and yada 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 and the and from from their server they change the the world. Mm-hmm. The world changes progressively. Which is cool. So you could be going out with your friends and we're gonna go to this place and then it's not there anymore or it's changed mm-hmm. or you know, like all of the ideas of that kind of stuff of like friend friend pl- playing around with your friends. Yeah. I'm really into that. Definitely. The thing that I was kind of confused about, which kind of created some frustration, was I was like, like you said, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. No. You no. know, they know when the big the big kind of like like s- smoke or spherical thing is like sure. And you have to shoot it, and yeah. I'm like, Expl- explain to me what I'm doing. And you had the dialogue, you know, there are characters chatting away. Yeah. But I, it wasn't entirely no clear. context of what, it, what they were talking about, or who, or what, or where, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I'm okay with that. There's yeah. enough in there for me to go, yo, man, let's get online and go shoot something. Yeah. You know, let's go finish a mission. Because as, as silly as it was, I remember that about one of the James Bond games back in the day, the idea of like playing the game with somebody else and Co-op, doing a man. mission together. Yeah, yeah. So that's the part that's drawn me in the most. Understood. And and that's the part that I love about Destiny. Like I'm just playing with my friends. I'm not good at Destiny. I don't even stay up on it enough to say that I'm like current, but it's, it's like a, an interactive chat room. It's a place where I just socialize with my buddies and we have something to do together. And don't get me wrong, Destiny, when that game released... It was trash. It was awful. And it really? took a really long time for it to turn. Yeah, it was terrible. It's embarrassing. And it, the the story of that game gradually evolving into what it is now is interesting in its own right. And it they got a lot of problems too. So this game has to exist and live and breathe and adapt mm-hmm. in its own way. Right. I think the thing for me was this is the demo. This is the illustration. That's This is supposed to hook you. You play it and you think, I can't wait to get this, this get get my hands on this game again, and I think they they missed a step with the demo. It didn't work for me. Okay, that's that's my speed. I guess we'll see what the. I, I have seen a lot of stuff on the internet that's like I don't know if demo is a first day buy, and I'm like, well, we'll see. We shall see. I mean, sixty dollars. You know, like I, I that's just how need, much the game is. Right, yeah, but I'm, I've been playing some games that I missed, so I'm I'm able to get the bargain. 20 mm-hmm. bucks, 30 bucks, mm-hmm. digital download, whatever. And I've been able to play a lot of games that I haven't played. The new Prey, which is great. I just got on sale. The Far Cry 5, I just got for 20 bucks. That's got full co-op and you know, roam around. A lot of different titles available for me to try out before I dip into my piggy bank and spend the full 60. You got to go to the piggy bank for this? I got to smash it. You know how many piggy banks I'm going through for these games? It's a lot of piggy banks. It's a lot of piggy banks. Then I got to buy the glue to put it back together. It takes a long time, that, man. I mean, you have to make a decision of how much you want that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to smash your piggy bank, take the money out, get it converted to dollar bills? Because you can't go in with all them pennies. No, that's right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's right. after that, I'm trying to do this together. I'm trying to do this Marie Kondo thing where I'll pick up my piggy bank and I say, does this spark joy? No, throw it down on the ground, <laughs> smash it, and then a little later, I'm like, oh, shit, it does spark joy. I got to put it back together. <laughs> it does. That's right. My bad. All right, so let's move on to some other stuff. A couple of things we're going to touch on real quick that aren't going to take a whole lot of time, but we just want to talk about them real quick. Yeah. Adam? Yes. We talk about favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I don't know what my number one favorite movie of all time is, mm-hmm. but I know 
And also speaking of sparking joy. Yes. There is a movie in my life that has sparked so much joy. My favorite comedy, Anchorman. Anchorman is one of your favorite comedy. Yes. Your favorite comedy. Yes. Hey. Yes. Yeah. Like quotable, funny, <laughs> put it on right now. I'm laughing. Lanolin? Let la- la- Lanolin? <laughs> like like sheep's wool? It's funny. The moment, Audrey! <laughs> the moment Look you at me! say Anchorman, <laughs> I want to respond by quoting the movie. Yes. So it, it is effective. It's very effective. Yeah. That was something I love. What's something that you love? He kicks his dog off the bridge. I love a good glass of scotch. My buddy Baxter here. That is why Bear Fruit's logo is named Baxter. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> 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 That's why Yo. Baxter's name is Baxter. I did <laughs> Because of Ron Burgundy's dog, Baxter. <laughs> I did not know that. That's it. All right. Yeah, it's not Baxter the Bear like Peter Parker. Behind the logo. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, Ron Burgundy... Is getting a podcast. What? The- <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, I'm listening to it. That's all I know. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. Just want to put that out there for our audience. Mm-hmm. Anybody who enjoys Anchorman as much as I do, I want to share that with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you don't miss out. Sure. It's going to be on iHeartRadio or something like that. My- it's probably going to be on iTunes too. But yeah. I, I was. Everybody has a podcast. Everyone. Has a podcast. Speaking of which, did you hear that Spotify just bought Gimlet? I did. And Anchor? Color me nervous, man. I don't know about that. Tell me more. I don't listen to anything on I don't listen to podcasts, any podcasts on Spotify. Well, that's because you don't listen to Joe Budden podcasts. Well, sure. But well, that's because I don't have four hours to just toss around uh, at any given. It, it, it's too long. But uh, I don't listen to just podcasts says that Spotify. Says the guy who has... Hundreds, a hundred plus two, two hour plus podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> that's on you, man. How is it? I'm here two to, of us on the podcast. I'm here. To, I'm here to produce it, not to listen back to all two hours of it. That's all. Listen, I'm just okay. saying. I'm creating content. All right. So yeah, I, okay. I don't. But when I'm creating content, I don't have time to to just waste mm-hmm. on other I, people. I get it. Uh, but Spotify is this major company, and they're going to grab Gimlet. Gimlet's been doing a lot of interesting things, yep. and they're not really beholden to anybody. You know, they made that TV show that we both loved, mm-hmm. and um, they did that without you know a major studio coming in and taking everything from yeah. them, taking control, taking money. Amazon. And so it makes me wonder what will happen to Gimlet. You know what will happen to the shows? What? Why is this acquisition happening? Because, because they want to be the number one. Spotify also picked up Anchor. Yes, and uh, Spotify's yeah, they're trying to just roll it all up into a Katamari and you know like be their own thing. They see themselves being. They see podcasting being this huge thing, and they recognize that more than likely iTunes is the place you go for podcasts. Sure, you know. But the other places you go, other than buying like the podcast place, is probably pr- production houses. Mm-hmm. So I guess it makes sense. Like buy up all the little guys, and then you turn yourself into a big guy. Sure. What what I'm used to, I think this is mainly in software. It's got to be in other things too. But what I'm used to from an acquisition is big company comes in, eats up a smaller company that I like. Smaller company is no longer as good as it used to be. That's that is what I am accustomed to. Uh huh. And I don't want that to happen to Gimlet because Gimlet makes good stuff. I, I will say I listen mainly to Reply All and The Nod. Those two. 
Mm-hmm. So whatever else can happen, I don't really care. As long as those two get preserved, that's great. We'll see. Yeah. Um, another news, some trailers. Yeah, many. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele. Yeah, man. You watched that before we press play I or did. press record. It's because I did not watch the Super Bowl along with anybody. No one did. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. <clears throat> what did you think of that trailer? Uh, I think Jordan Peele can do whatever he wants. So you, go ahead and do whatever you want. Are you excited? Sure. I'm excited. Are you? Listen, let me, let me, let me tell you. What excites you about this? Here's what he said. When truth is not the truth, what dimension are you even in? Okay, see, that's... And I said, yeah. That's... All right, that's interesting. Yeah. When truth is not the truth, what dimension are you even in? Adam, you know how I am about truth. I know. But what happens when it's not the truth? This is what I'm saying. Dang! This is my whole point. My whole point. Like, you, if you're new to the podcast... Adam, I would like you to explain from your perspective, because me talking about it, I don't think it's going to give it as much, make it as interesting. Uh, okay. My relationship with the truth and the pursuit of truth. Uh, Octavius is a truth seeker. He is a, a person who is 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 tenaciously hunting for the truth, which usually means some deep stack of asking why, 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 until you get to a kernel, this like emotional honesty or this, this, this context or background that explains things and makes all the tumblers click into place. And then that thing makes sense. But everything is so complicated and nuanced and layered that it it takes real work to search for that truth, that those answers. And many of us, myself included, Often are too lethargic or apathetic <laughs> to go hunting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Octavius is, he's got a, a, a plus ten truth seeking sword. Yeah, on my skill tree blade. Yeah, on the skill tree. <laughs> um, so that, that's your class. If you, if you had a you know like uh, a role playing game class, you you're a truth seeker mm-hmm. for sure. The way I feel about the truth is, the truth doesn't need anybody to agree with it. The truth doesn't need anybody to even know about it. Mm. It is like uh, whether you Bong. right whether you <laughs> yeah that is all. <laughs> See you next time. Um, yeah, the, it it is like it, I think about the Bible. Whether you believe it to be true or not, there's a story in the Bible where there's a character going. Well, God's telling a character do X, Y, and Z, and he's mm. like, well, when I get there, what what do I tell him? Mm. Tell him this. Who should I say sent me? Tell him that I am sent me. Sent sent you. And the whole point is God in this story is going, you can't even, I just am. Like Mm. it doesn't even matter whether you agree, disagree, like it, don't like it. And that's how I feel about the truth. The truth is Mm. the whole world can go, that's not true. Doesn't matter. Mm. We don't have to agree with it. We don't have to be on the same page of it. We don't have to like it. There are things that are true objectively, and we may never know all that there is to be true. Mm-hmm. So I like when stories are play around with our perception of truth. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. I like the kind of stuff where, because when you think about it, when truth is not the truth, what dimension are you even in? I don't even know what he's talking about, but the fact that he's even giving you that, and then I'll see you in April— with Jordan Peele, yeah. I'm kind of like, so are you going to be playing with our perspective of truth and reality? And, you know, like, 
is it self-awareness? Is it the awareness of the world? Does it, I mean, if we, we, we live in a world where people are standing up in front of us and lying bold-faced to us, mm-hmm. and some of us are going, yep, I buy it, and other people are going, sure. what the hell is going on here? It's clearly not true. Yeah. State of the Union, I was watching on CNN, they were like, well, this is clearly oh, just man. objectively, statistically not true with this guy. Saying. That's right. You know? So yeah. I, th- just that kernel made me go, ooh. Yeah. That's why I'm excited. My see, my hot take, uh, like okay. like a, a TV pizza, okay. is, oh. is cooling down and and turning into something more palatable. Okay, because my hot take when you read me that phrase, that question, uh-huh. my hot take was, man, did you just rip a, a bong? And that's the first thing <laughs> that popped into your mind, man. What Yo. when truth <coughs> this, this, is not the truth. When truth is not the truth, <coughs> what dimension are you even in? I'm sorry. What dimension are you even in? And everybody around the room goes, oh. <laughs> so it, that was how it hit, hit me first. But then I thought, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That is um, alluding to the state of America, the state of the world right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And then that led me to think, well, hold on. Black Mirror has been described as kind of our new Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. but Black Mirror is always or often about our relationship with technology. technology. Yeah. So, what if this season of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone is riffing on that, but instead of technology, it's more of these uh, what if stories and these hyperbolic fantasies about the state of the world at large, you know, uh, biases and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, um, you know, conflict and, you know, the way that we try to search for things. I, I think it doesn't need to be constrained to technology. Right. It could be greater concepts, more right. abstract things, more pop culture, you know, co- uh, trending ideas. There's so much. Stuff. And I think that that's interesting. There's so much stuff that you can explore with storytelling. Can CBS pull this off? I mean, if you got all access, you can find out. Sure. Dang. They're trying to get you. Gotta stream it. They're trying to get you to get locked in. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, what else we got here? Hobbs and Shaw trailer. Hobbs and Shaw trailer. I got. Let me just start off by letting you know. Uh-huh. I got through the first, like, <laughs> one minute. And I said, I'm good. Turn it off. I'm good. Hobbs, Shaw, new guy on the block. We need y'all to get together. What? This guy's a complete asshole. That's the movie. Great, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. When they started showing me the rock driving a car and <laughs> smashing it, you know what I mean? Like buddy cop, I don't like this guy. I'm the big, strong, loud dude. I'm the stealthy mm-hmm. guy. How are we gonna work together to figure this one out? Mm-hmm. Tune in and watch. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see any action scenes. I don't need to see anything else. You you already know how I feel about the rock. I feel about the rock the way I feel about Schwarzenegger when I was a kid. Yeah, you pointed that out to me and that is stuck. Whatever he's in, I'm in. Yeah. I'm down. Mm-hmm. He does he has he hasn't let me down yet. Well uh, huh? He, he hasn't let me he down. He hasn't let you down? No. He didn't let you down in In recent memory, uh huh. The stuff that I, I can't reach back in recent memory. Now, if we go back to Scorpion King, sure. If we go way back there, then it's I like, don't blame him. Yeah, we're getting you you're getting your sea legs. I, I gotta or talk to land I, legs. I, I, yeah, I, whatever. I wanna talk to his agent about that yeah, i don't we're, blame we're figuring Dwayne. it out but in recent memory 
I'm good. Like whatever it is, I'm good with it. If I guess he's leading, he just you know he serves up something that is just fine most often. San Andreas, fine. Right. Rampage, ah, uh, fine. Right. Uh, skyscraper, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, the but greatest you know thing that he's is? done recently, the Jumanji movie was great, and uh, Moana, great. Here's the thing about it: The Rock is the dependable pizza shop. The dependable, dependable burger shop, mm. the dependable Chinese food, food it shop. has to be food. Yeah. Hey. He hasn't, I haven't gotten food poisoning yet. So. No, nah, but it's just like, yo, man, you hungry? What's the solid place? Go to the taco shop, like the solid spot. Now, is this chef's table? No. Mm-hmm. But you know, every time I walk in here, I'm going to get a good slice, mm-hmm. best slice in the neighborhood, good to go. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not trying something new, you know, like- yeah. Solid junk food. Sure. That's what The Rock gives me. Sure. Yeah. You know, tasty cakes. That's like, why I, I'm excited for Hobbs and Shaw because it looks like, to me, just from watching the full trailer, which I did, I'm sorry. Live your life. Uh, I love me. I. <laughs> okay. Happy Black History Month. Yeah, I mean, thank I, you. <laughs> happy Blackout History Month. Right. Uh, I, uh, I, I watched a full trailer, and I think Hobbs and Shaw could potentially let The Rock breathe a little, let him flex. Pun intended, definitely. What do you mean? The, he flexed everything. Because I think Skyscraper, Rampage, um, and uh, San Andreas, and, and a lot of the action movies that he says yes to and he stars in are just mediocre. They're like a, a shell to contain him, and they're... They don't let him do what he is capable. They don't capable let him of. be the rock. Yeah, they don't let him like re- reach swagger, his maximum swagger all the way across. Yeah, the screen. and Hobbs and Shaw, I think, is is allowing it to happen. Is really leaning into it in a way that fits the Fast and Furious franchise. Tyrese was right. They they done split up the Fast family. Yeah, well, listen, because Dwayne rock, says he's not even in Fast Nine. He ain't with it. You know, ah. they're talking about. They're talking about. Mm-hmm. Finding a way to possibly incorporate Paul Walker. Hold on. <laughs> Listen, take it in. They're talking about possibly <laughs> no, finding no. a way to incorporate Paul Walker's character no. into Fast Nine. No. <laughs> the Diesel. What is this going to be? Alita Battle Walker? I don't know. They're going to do that? They're going to give him the Alita treatment? OG Diesel has talked to the Walker family, talked to the brothers, and oh said, hey, God. man, listen, playing around with this idea, you guys want to, you know, I want to I want to reach out. Like, is this crazy? Is this too much? Yes. <laughs> Dominic Toretto and his best friends all go to the planet Pandora. They see a 10-foot tall Paul Walker. Because he's all CG. What are they going to do? They, they, he's got to be... I don't know if it's going to be a situation where... You know, because th- from what I hear, the idea is they just want to acknowledge that that character is still around. Okay. Not he's going to be the co-lead. But there we're talking, because, you know, his brothers did play <laughs> some of some of the stuff. In the last movie that Paul Walker was in, before he passed, That's right. That's they brought right. his brothers in to play some of the stuff to help finish up the movie. Yeah. My personal opinion on this, leave his character alone. Yeah. Good send-off. See you again playing. <laughs> the road split. Leave him. Yeah. Leave him. Yeah. Don't don't mess with it. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Tyrese? B- because you will regret the fact, even if the technology works really well, you will regret 10 years from now or whatever, looking back and be like, I can't believe 
They put CG ass Paul Walker in. I can't. And or, or what else are they going to do? They're going to have a scene where the Fast family are all talking <laughs> to themselves, and then they're speaking to Paul Walker off, off camera, screen. and they just never <laughs> show him. <laughs> Paul, how you doing? I'm good, man. And then they just continue. Like, we'll see you later. You never He's see like, him. All right, I'm gonna holler at y'all. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, but Tyrese was right. Mm-hmm. The family is no longer together in that it's way. It's changing. Because, the. I mean, you know, The Rock ain't th- going to be there no more. But whatever. Hobbs and Shaw, I'm in for that. That theory that you told me about Paul Walker is crazier than my theory. What's your theory? Which is Hobbs and Shaw is the beginning of a tie-in between Fast and Furious and the Transformers. That doesn't make any sense yes, whatsoever. Yes, you didn't watch the full uh, uh, trailer, so no, you couldn't even tell me. No, I didn't. You didn't watch the end of the trailer where they get into the car, screen goes to black, and it goes... <laughs> yeah, right. You didn't see that. <laughs> and you can't tell me that didn't happen. I can't tell you it didn't happen. What I'm gonna Because go you are a monk. You are a disciple of the Blackout Congregation. You're doing this, like, asceticism. You, like... Listen, Halfway through, close your eyes. I'm going to go ahead and assume that n- nobody turned into a transformed, uh, no cars turned into robots. But hear me out. I'll listen. Hobbs and Shaw are going up against a new character. And that character is named, unfortunately, Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> go on. Okay. So Brixton, by the way, is... Definitely a, a like, I'm going to say 17-year-old white pro swimmer. I feel like what? the name Brixton in my brain is a white kid, blonde hair. He's, a, he's a swimmer. He's got really protective Mom, parents. we want the meatloaf. Brixton. Brixton, you're staying up too late, Brixton. Mom, we want the meatloaf. We want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I, Brixton's a bad name. But when you think of it like this, Brixton is played by Idris Elba. Idris Elba, Elba's playing a white, blonde-haired <laughs> swimmer? There have been stranger things. Okay. Uh, Brixton is played by Idris Elba, and the character is shown to be super-powered or, like, genetically altered. And I was like, what the hell is yeah, going on? Yeah, and so he's been, like, his face is being scanned, his body is being charged with electricity. Cool. They show him, like, punch a door down. No problem. He's stronger than... Uh, 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 um, what's his name from Glass? Uh, Bruce Willis. He's stronger than Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, so he's bulletproof, whatever. <laughs> so, like, it's not, it wouldn't be crazy to believe within the context of this franchise that maybe he has super reflexes and he instantly is masterfully proficient at driving whatever car he gets into. Like, bam, immediately mm-hmm. he can just hook it up and he's the greatest driver you've ever seen. Right. He's the Stig. He's like, he's the man. And uh, I think we're close to saying that he is potentially going to need a new power source to keep his powers going. He's going to need to find something to charge him up at all times. He can't just go into the lab and get, like, what, electric shocks all the time, break up the action. He's going to need the AllSpark. All right. And he's going to find... Come on. How dope... How much money is on the table? If you get... The Fast and the Furious movies are bananas anyway. I know. We've said... So how far is it, really? They either got to go underwater or out of space. I'm Cybertron. But what they <laughs> but what they decided to do is they went metahuman, superhuman mutant instead. Mm-hmm. You know? And so Brixton, I think, is actually kind of a great Transformers name. Because this dude hits like a ton of bricks. All right. Bricks ton. We move it. <laughs> that is such a trick. Come on, dog. Come this on. This guy hits like a ton of bricks? Bricks ton. Yeah. He's... 
This is good stuff. Brixton. Hollywood, listen to me. Reporting for duty. If you are not hooking this up right now, Fast and the Furious and Train, at least get The a, name's Brixton. At least get a comic book crossover. It's like a ton of bricks. Right? Come on. I mean, that's a cool idea for a Transformer. Yeah. He comes up, oh, oh, ah, ah, name's Brixton. You can definitely, yeah. I'm just saying. Up. I'm just saying. Yeah. What is he? What, what, what is his car? Is he black like, X6? Black Assist. <laughs> no. Because he's a black man, so nah. you know he has to turn into a black car, and this is just the rules. Them's the rules. That is what they would do to him. Yeah. And if he was in a Michael he Bay movie, then he would. <laughs> Ice cream paint job. Bricks time. Oh, man. Yeah. That's right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. If you, if you play around with this idea, I guarantee you, you will eventually get to where I'm at. This has to happen. I'll be disappointed if I die before this happens. It's not going to happen. Oh, and you got to stop man. attaching things to your death. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how to live my life or die my death. Oh, my goodness. Shoot. All right. I'm excited what, for Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, what else we got? Okay, so we got some unfortunate news. No Atlanta season three in 2019. Yeah, I have to imagine this is a good thing, I guess. Well, yeah. Because we don't want them to rush it. Also, we know we've got the whole Disney deal going on mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and FX. And Makes me wonder what Donald Glover is working on. Yeah. Music, I would assume. Star, He's got Star Wars out there. You know what I mean? He's, in an odd way, a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As mm -hmm. basically, He's basically Prowler in the MCU. That's right. So... Whether or not he ever reprises that role and is... stuff we don't even know about. Who knows? So whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Um, speaking of FX, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. You told me about that. I have mm -hmm. not seen this movie yet, but I watched this trailer. Excellent movie. Hilarious. If you like the trailer, you'll love the movie. It's great. It's a TV uh, uh, documentary crew wants to make a movie about vampires, real vampires. So they follow them around, and these vampires are uncool. They're dorks. They don't have their shit together. They're not of the times. And the TV show is being done by Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi. He's and directing it? I don't know if Taika is directing it, but I know he's involved. I think Jemaine Clement is is uh, directing it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It looks funny as hell. Yes. And that's going to be good. Yeah. Now, this is some of our more major stuff, mm -hmm. and we're going to stay with Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi says he ain't finna do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. He said you're not doing it. And he, he went on to say that's James Gunn's project. Yes. And I, I think that's key. You know, he, here he is. He's saying, I, I think in a a a way that allows him to get his point across, but stay neutral. He's saying, I'm not going to pick up someone else's project because it still belongs to him. Yeah, this is what this is the quote. Solidarity. Said. Nope, not going to do that movie. Nope, not going to do that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come? No. Um, I'm hanging out with Marvel still, talking about new stuff, but I don't know what that might be yet. Mm. I want to do another movie, for me, that's James's film. Going into something like that, which has got his stamp all over it, it would feel like going into someone's house and saying, hey, I'm your new dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and, I, and I get that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I mean. I, I agree. That's fair. That is fair. But the question is, who's going to do it? Is it going to happen? I'm sure it's going to happen. Eventually. They could get anybody to direct that movie. Sure. Except there's a select few people who have the the luxury to say no thank you. That's true. You know what I mean? 
there are not a whole lot of people who are going to be like, do I want to direct Gardens of the Galaxy 3? Go to any film school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Of course. Go to anybody who's directed anything recently, and I'm sure you'll be able to get a whole whole bunch of takers. Yeah. So. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know. I, I think the opposite effect is I'm more excited about the new Suicide Squad than I ever have been. Yes. Because, because James Gunn is a part of it. Mm-hmm. So now you have my attention, DC. Yes. Um, now, I, I don't know how Marvel gets themselves out of this situation. I guess you wait long enough, and then you just back out of the hole that you dug, and maybe we all forget about it. Yeah. But the way that the MCU works, it, it moves together in conjunction with other films. So I feel like at a certain point in time, it's like, if you haven't released this movie or you haven't put it together, well, we're in the next phase of the MCU. <laughs> These characters are dead or disappeared or we're in another dimension where the truth is not the truth. Right. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, more Disney stuff. Disney's CEO promises that Marvel will keep making rated R Deadpool movies. Wow. What do you think of that? I'm excited. Surprising, right? It's interesting because I got to think that Disney is going to do something different than just kind of plop everything underneath Disney's streaming service. Mm -hmm. I have heard rumor that Captain Marvel is going to be the first exclusive streaming movie on the Disney Disney platform. Oh. But... um, like, I mean, the first of their Marvel movies to go, you, to go straight a, there. Gives you a sense of the timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you're acquiring FX and you're, you're acquiring Fox and, you're acquire, and you have a majority stake in Hulu and yada, 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 where are you going to put Atlanta? Where are you going to put Pose? You're going to put Pose on the Disney Channel with Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse Club reruns? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. both great in their own way, but they don't go together. Sure. Disney's getting to the point where it's like, yeah, we're Disney, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we're not just the mouse. Sure. We're not just, you know what I'm saying, cartoons for kids. We do other things. Otherwise, why would you acquire things like that? Bob I mean, Iger and, and Disney shareholders and executives are not going to leave that Deadpool money on the table. Correct. That's just, I think that's it. And the thing that surprises me is is that they're even talking about it right now. I guess they just want to allay fears that once Disney grabs up all the uh, the Fox properties, that we'll never see a rated R Deadpool movie again. And I appreciate that they're saying that, yeah, it'll happen. But it, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a brand new precedent, right? Has Disney or a Disney shareholder or owned corporation ever made a rated R movie? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure. So that I think that's kind of a big deal. It's not something that necessarily surprises me from an economic standpoint, mm-hmm. but it's surprising because, okay, uh, Disney is now making adult stuff. Here's the quote. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger said that Disney will continue to make rated R Deadpool movies and other adult-oriented Marvel adventures after it absorbs much of Fox. Mm. Quote, we will continue in that business, promised Iger, adding, there's certainly popularity with those types of films. Iger hinted that these films won't be released under the traditional Marvel or Disney banner. Mm -hmm. The company will make it an effort 
to ensure it is, quote, carefully branding rated R films so we're not in any way confusing the consumer, Mm. Iger said. And this is from Variety. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like if we start to put our, like, speculation hats on, they're going, all right, we got something. Mm-hmm. But we also got a we got Disney World and Disneyland. Sure, you know what I mean. I don't know that Deadpool is gonna be, you know, next to Cinderella and Aladdin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In in the theme park, but we've got a legit thing here, and we've also got other Marvel characters that don't nicely fit next to you know, I don't know. Like Monsters, Inc. You know what I mean? So yeah. we got to be able to create something that still allows us to do our thing, but doesn't, you know. And it seems like they've already got something like that with Hulu. And when they acquire Fox getting FX, there's 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 something that can be done in that area that communicates. I mean, look what they've already done with the Marvel Netflix stuff. Sure. So it's obvious it can be done. Mm-hmm. They just have to do what they said. We have to make a distinction. And I think if you look at what, they, what they've already done, Netflix is, is an example. We yeah. can do that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Hulu with the Runaways, we can do that. Marvel has had to do that with their comic books previously. You know, they made the Marvel Max line of comics. Right. So, you know, why not follow suit and make Marvel Cinematic Universe Max movies, like MCU Max? And you know what that means. It's explicit content. It's of a different nature. You see that label on the movie, you see that it's not just the Captain America, Thor, Hulk, comic book folding out, and then the Marvel logo. It's a it's a different thing altogether. It's right. a different imprint. Right. So, okay, yeah. Yeah. Give me that. I mean, if you can play The Walking Dead on regular television <laughs> and make it clear, hey, this is what this is. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember we had the whole conversation of like, well, my kids. And I think they basically were like, why do you have your kids watching The Why are you watching Walking Dead? Dead? Yeah. Be a... Do your do your job. Yeah. It's not my job to parent your kids. Side note, on Saturday, last weekend, I mm-hmm. was at this go-kart place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's out in Oaks. Whisper, whisperers were there? Uh, no, no, we're not whisperers. Okay. No, no whisperers. No herd, no nothing like Got that. Got you. Although it, it, there were a lot of people there, and it did res- remind me of just like a zombie vibe. Everybody McAvoy sh- was there? Shuffling around in the arcade. Yeah, McAvoy was there. Uh, who, who's the guy with the tiger? He was there. Oh, uh, my, uh, Ezekiel. What? Ezekiel, My yeah. man Ezekiel was there, and it's like, you can't have a tiger in here, bro. And he's like- Hedwig was there? My bad. <laughs> yeah, and they left. Anyway- after that scuffle was taken care mm-hmm. of, I was in the restroom and there's kids in there, maybe seven, eight-year-old max. Mm-hmm. And the eight-year-old, one of the kids is just yelling repeatedly, Pickle Rick! I'm Pickle Rick! I'm Pickle Rick! And I was like, man, you are half the age at least of, oh, of that intended Why should audience. you even know what Pickle How Rick you know is? about it? But that's one of the effects of, you know, comic book movie? Kids! Cartoon? kids mm-hmm. and it's just a thing that happens i know lots of kids uh, watching boondocks when they weren't supposed to be watching boondocks you yeah know? and uh it's not surprising that they would be watching uh uh what's it rick and morty well you know it's funny like <clears throat> i don't even know what my point was but get, it was funny to hear point. that kid yelling i'm pickle rick i'm like no you're not even go now, back to your mom even now with evangelion like watching that <sighs> i think i like looking back in like we were talking about that. That was in 95, 96? 95, yeah. And that was on regular cartoon television slot? Uh, not in America. You had to buy but the I tapes. Mean, in, Japan, in Japan. In Japan, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you look at Toonami mm-hmm. and 
if you look at Adult Swim and yeah. all that kind of stuff, I know a lot of that stuff is specifically like, hey, this is called Adult Swim. It's for, ad- but it's like, man, kids were watching that stuff. As if kids were not staying up late. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this. Watching like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. A lot of the anime stuff that I'm kind of like, I don't know if I've ever told this story on on the podcast or I think I might have told you or not. I know a large, like, because I'm kind of like reliving it now, now that I'm getting back into anime. Um, <clears throat> when I was younger, when I first was introduced with anim- anime, I think I was introduced to the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just like, I don't feel good looking at this. I recall you telling me that. And I'm like, I'm good on whatever this is. Whatever, like, I wasn't introduced to Yu Gi Oh! Yeah. I wasn't introduced starting with naruto and dragon ball z Mm -hmm. when i saw anime it was the dark like gruesome Mm -hmm. like violent stuff devil man kind of stuff yeah and so fist of the north star i know i saw that yeah you know what i'm saying oh yeah i know i saw ninja scroll like you're already dead back in the day explodes back in the day stuff Mm -hmm. so now that i watch naruto now now that i watch Evangelion now and I start just kind of like searching stuff and I'm like okay so this is what I do I go look up fan art because mm-hmm. I'm like alright I finally watch because you know I abstain from everything when I'm watching something mm-hmm. then when I after I finish watching something podcasts articles fan art whatever whatever so Instagram you know how Instagram is you put in something and just because people want you to see their stuff anything anime yeah. they'll start putting certain terminology yeah. so as I start looking through different stuff on Instagram I come across some anime and I'm just like see this is why I wasn't effing with this <laughs> this right because it, it you know how some stuff like emotionally triggers you and mm-hmm. takes you it's like takes you to a place mm-hmm. in your life and I kind of felt like I was t- taken back to that point as a younger person going, mm-hmm. uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. I saw something, and it's it's weird as a person who's learning to be an animator. Yeah. There's stuff that's beautiful about anime, and the way they communicate is clear. Mm. That's the one big thing about anime that I think is interesting about whether it's for kids or not. And I see this thing... As I'm looking for stuff, anime is not for kids. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? People who are kind of like making this point. People say anime is for kids. Anime is not for kids. Yeah, people do that with the comics all the time too. So anime, this is as a as kind of like a new person to it. The thing I appreciate the thing I appreciate about anime is anime is very clear with what it is communicating to you. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand the horror and terror and gruesome nature of what is happening. Mm -hmm. I want it to be very clear. This is horrible and violent. Yeah. I don't want you to have any mistake about this. Sure. If it's stupid and silly and ha 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 ha, like it's so like corny, it's Mm -hmm. like over the top. This is ridiculous silly. But when it's dark and demonic and nasty, it's like, Devil man, this is this is not. Let's not get it misconstrued here. Yeah, you're supposed to be scared, definitely. So, and one of the things that I saw, I saw this violent thing. I think it was from Angel Cop. Mm-hmm. This woman gets shot, so she gets shot, and it's like, okay, she's shot. Then she gets shot again, and then she bounces up against the wall, and I'm like, okay, she's dead. Then she gets shot two more times, 
and her face blows in half. Yeah. And her brain, and I'm just kind of like, see. Yeah, that stuff always need, unnerved me. I didn't. That I didn't, is like Ninja Scrolls. Or, I didn't need all of that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, but you got your point across. Like, yeah. you, you made sure I felt what you wanted me to feel. And I think about Evangelion, it's like, you... I might not understand the words you're saying, but the emotion of it, mm-hmm. like it's affecting me and circling all the way back to the conversation about like, you know, kids consuming stuff. Yeah. I start thinking about, dag, this is some people's upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they consumed on the norm, on the reg. Like this is my diet, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, man, that wasn't my diet. Sure. People love this. Like this is, and I'm not even so much like saying like you shouldn't love it. It's just like, whoa. I think I kind of had that aha moment of like, this is some people's Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I, I like so. the same way you feel about Thundercats when you're a kid and Ninja Turtles when you're a kid, and when you see Charlie Brown Christmas, the emotional feels you get when people, you know, yeah. they watch. Fist of the North Star, they're just like, oh, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fam, this, this wasn't my diet. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a different uh, calibration for that stuff. And I, I'm I'm a grown adult, and I still don't really have an appetite for a lot of those things. Right. I have a curiosity and maybe a deeper understanding and potential respect for what it is, what it means, what it represents, where it comes from. And, but That don't but, mean that I want to like sit there and shovel it in. But that's the thing about it that I always walk away from this with was like, and, and, and so I, of course, I kind of like backed up and I was like, all right, I'm good. But what I what stayed with me was like, I wonder what it is about anime that's different mm-hmm. because this isn't the American animation that I see. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. isn't Disney and this isn't blah, 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 fill in the blank. This is some specific stuff that comes from a place yeah that has a culture behind it has intentionality behind it there's a why behind it sure and i'm like i'm curious as to like well who who made this and why did they make it and what 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 is the culture around it and i know there's certain um film i think it's korean action that has a similar feel it's very visceral very violent Mm -hmm. very like rough and rugged and it's on purpose and i I think there's this i gotta i gotta send you the video there's this video of this director who's talking about this is our culture. We like our food. It's crazy spicy. Like, and he was explaining this is why we do things like this. Mm. And that made me go, oh, okay. I can have a better appreciation of what I'm consuming now. Sure. It's not just when we're having a hot wings challenge. Isn't this painful? Yes. Isn't this fun? It's like, no, nah. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. it hurts. Why yeah. am I putting myself through this? I don't right. I don't want to hurt. Right. But if you can understand, okay, well, here's why we eat this food and here's what it means and here's where it comes from and the goal we're trying, ah, okay, that's what this is. Sure. But with certain anime, I, I admittedly don't have that. So I'm admittedly ignorant to some, but I don't think that's the depth we're going with when it's like with Deadpool being in Disney. I agree. But I there's agree. different th- thing. Although, yeah. you know, it 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 could be said that the American sense of what is moral to expose kids to uh-huh. or like what is mainstream or normal as far as violence or nudity or sexuality or whatever mature themes we can depict in a movie. There is, you know, an American 
depravity. We have our own version of that, right? Like things that we're okay with. And everyone has a different idea of yeah. where you draw the line. I have a friend who's raising his children. It, it, friend is a, a grown man, an attorney, huge Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. He's raising his kids and he's like, ah, I'm not going to show them Star Wars until they're a certain age. There's people getting shot and killed and they're blowing up planets and it's kind of right. gruesome and tragic and sad and messed right. up. And I loved it when I was a kid, but I just think I need to give them some buffer before I give them that. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand. Yeah. Star Wars is an institution, though. Star Wars is Disney. Star Wars is mu- amusement parks, video games, mm-hmm. music, artwork. It's everywhere. So it's kind of hard to get out of the way of Star Wars to avoid that even. So it has become mainstream, and it's easy for us, I think, to discount or ignore the fact that Luke had his hand cut off, yo. Like, yeah. I mean, like, that's yeah. br- yeah. brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, it's interesting even having a, having a youngling at this age, because I think I've told you about Iron Giant. Yeah. You know, oh, man. And how we're watching Iron Giant, and I'm thinking nothing of it. And you know when the when the giant brings his face from up high and mm-hmm. all they do the perspective he comes down to his face gets really big. She was terrified mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What's the matter? She can fe- she can feel darkness, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like and Definitely. it's and it's it's so interesting to see her at certain points of I forget what we were watching. I think we were watching Aladdin. Or some, oh, we were watching Aladdin, and you know, who dares? You know what I mean? The part where the big, uh, the sand tiger comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like, the diamond in the rough. She was like, I'm not with it. Not yeah. feeling it. She's up. She runs over to him. Terrified. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you, you picking, you're picking up yeah. on this is a dark vibe. I don't like this. Did you experience that when you were a child with any movies, TV um, shows? I remember seeing Predator way before I should have. Oh. I, I seen Predator and I was like, my cousin's like, you're going to be scared, Octave. And I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be scared. Yeah. She's like, you're going to be scared. You're going to ruin this movie for me. And I was like, I'm not going to be scared. They tell me, I don't remember. They tell me the story. I'm literally standing up in the chair, turned around, screaming. I'm going to have nightmares. I'm going to have nightmares. But I also remember watching Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I also yeah. remember watching Creep Show. Mm-hmm. I also remember watching Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that's right. And Friday the 13th yeah. and Halloween. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... I don't know where the dosage came from. I know I was 10 watching RoboCop. That's something I've talked about. Ooh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know I know that that happened at around 10 years old. Yeah. So you don't fully understand everything, but I think there is a reality to like, if we're watching Prince and the Frog and all of the voodoo and stuff like that, and my mm-hmm. kid's starting to get a look on her face, turn it off. Yeah. Like. I don't need to force this upon you. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if I can pick up that you're not able to, you know what I'm saying? Not good with it yet. And I understand in Disney, but but it's also interesting because that's Disney. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm recognizing my kid's response to certain things that I think are just like, let's just put on Aladdin. It'll be fun. Jafar is scary, man. Giant Jafar that's red and like, ultimate power. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's not the scene. For her. Yeah, he could take on Shaggy. Shaggy only has to use 10%. Right. And Jafar could take him down. Yeah. Yeah, scary stuff. Kids' things are scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the end. It's true. But so anyway, we went on a long tangent on Deadpool. 
being <laughs> in uh, Disney. So it'll be interesting to see. I guess the whole point of what we just talked through and processed out loud is there's something to process. Yeah. It's not as simple as just throw it on a streaming service. Various parents, various, and also the brand awareness. Like, we're a certain brand. We're yeah. the same people that are going to bring you, you know. Pixar films. Pixar films. And we've also got Deadpool King of breaking the fourth wall, wall with dick jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that goes together. We got to figure out a way to communicate our intent. This is for this community. And with their acquisition, that's a new thing they got to deal with. So let's see how they deal with that. Marvel Max. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about... Um, uh, Wait, where are we at? I got lost. Oh, Ben Affleck. Speaking of dark stuff. Stepping down. No longer being Batman. Yeah, we all knew it was coming. Matt Reeves says Batman 2021 is where we're going to get the Batman, which is, I don't know if that's the working title or the actual title. Yeah, and so now the games begin. Everyone out here is guessing who Bruce Willis is going to, or Bruce Willis. Dang. Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis is going to play Bruce Batman? God dang. Uh, hopefully he doesn't give that performance he gave in Glass. He's pretty much not even present. Uh, Bruce Wayne, who's going to be Bruce Wayne? Who's going to put on the cowl? Everybody's fan casting it. You know, people are ca- making campaigns for other actors to take it on. The uh, uh, I don't know if this is a petition or what it is, but there's a push for a black Batman, Daniel Kaluuya. I'm saying Jaden Smith already did it. Okay, <laughs> Jaden Smith already did it. Uh, and I think he, he wore did that something. to. A, he, I think he wore that to a wedding or an award show. But he was he he, he got it. He did something. Um, so yeah, n- now we are here waiting to find out who's the next Batman. Yeah. Um, I have thoughts mm-hmm. about other people being Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I saw my, my, on, here's my honest reaction. When I saw Michael B. Jordan should play Batman. I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Hold, hold on. Let's not get crazy. Wait a minute. Let's, let's back up here. Mm-hmm. Da- Daniel Cook. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait. Mm-hmm. Back up. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm not following. And the thing that I had to ask myself was, wait, do they know who Batman is? Mm-hmm. Maybe As, they don't have a full grasp. Maybe like, they, do they understand the character? Right. Maybe they have kind of like a, anyone can wear the mask. And I'm kind of going, wait, hold, hold on a second. Mm. It doesn't quite command c command it doesn't copy and paste like that mm-hmm. it's a different story it's a different character the point that they were making in spider-verse was a specific point with context and i understand what you can walk away from that with but when it comes to the actual story i don't know that bruce wayne is just like swap him out make yeah. him make him make him a black guy sure I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, it, it kind of tests my boundaries when I see that a character is going to be in a movie and maybe the race has changed. You know, the thing that you see immediately, the reaction you you see immediately is people say, "You, it, it's supposed to be a white person. You can't make Starfire a black woman because she's supposed to be white. Well, first of all, she's orange. She's an alien. She's an alien. But you know how people get up in arms like that. And the thing that I often revert to is, why does it matter? At what point in the story did that character's race be important? Like, what, at what point? Correct. Honest question. Because if I'm missing out on it, then 
it maybe it's not important after all because I don't know, and I follow this stuff closely. And so it, it sort of tests my ability to do that because the thing that I think is symbolic about having a black actor become Batman, I get it, excellent, wonderful, but I also think, what to what end? Like, why? What, what, is it because the actor himself is excellent and would be a great Bruce Wayne? Or is it just this symbol of being able to do that? Because I think that's sort of, that, that, that doesn't serve anyone. That doesn't serve the person who would become that role. I think Idris Elba would be a great Batman because I think he's got that like older man, but he's jacked and he could be rugged. And I've seen him tortured in Luther and I've seen like the way that he is self-destructive, but he can be a hero. But I also think my Batman is a broken, wealthy white guy. And I think for some reason that's important to me. And I don't know why I have to like interrogate why. Well, I have thoughts here. So this is Rodrigo Perez on Twitter at, why are on, what, your only hope? Y R O N L Y H O P E says, "Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. The next Bruce Wayne. Here's my pick for hashtag the Batman. And he has a picture of Daniel Kaluuya. What I don't know. Kaluuya. Kaluuya. He says, remember, he can be anyone. Quote: As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol." As a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. It's not what I, who it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. I'm is that what Batman Gotham says? Needs to be. This is a quote from Batman. Uh, from Batman. This is the um, Christopher Nolan Batman, okay. right? So I get it. I get. I get what he's saying here. More stuff. He goes, Nolan knew what time it was when he passed the torch at the end. Like Miles, anyone can be a hero. The character can be, no, is bigger than just than just in person. One race, even one gender. So I'm reading this and I'm kind of going, I get the point you're trying to make, mm-hmm. but I feel like you're veering away from who Bruce Wayne is. Do you think Bruce Wayne's race is important? Yeah. How does that attribute in your... Bruce Wayne is a rich kid, from a rich white kid, from a rich white family who runs the city of Gotham. Mm -hmm. That's a huge part of who he is. Mm -hmm. That's like saying T'Challa is a black African king who comes from black... African royalty, it's built in. It's part of who Bruce Wayne is. Including the whiteness. Yes. It's not part of the mantle. Mm -hmm. The mantle of Batman can be anybody. Hmm. But Bruce Wayne is a specific person. Sure. It's like saying T'Challa's white. No, the hell he ain't. Mm -hmm. Because you have to change all of who T'Challa is. Mm -hmm. Well, he can't be from Wakanda. Sure. I guess it's more like saying Peter Parker should be black, and the response that I would have is let let somebody else be Spider Man. It doesn't have to be Peter Parker. So if you're trying to tell me uh, there could be another Batman and his name is Duke Winston, oh no, it's Juice Wayne. It's OJ. We got to get the juice. OJ is Batman. Juice Wayne? Juice Wayne. <laughs> no. Come on, Juice. I won't have it. Come on. <laughs> no Juice Ride with me on this. Nah. Get in this. There's not two seats in the Batmobile. Otherwise, no. I would say, get in this with me. Robin's in there. Ju- uh, Juice Wayne. 
Uh, all right. Well, more of his point. Bats is a symbol. Quote, a vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. I un- like so. The, but he the- forgot the part of that speech in which uh, the character says in the movie. He also has to be white. <laughs> no, and see, this is the thing that I'm like wrestling with. It's like, you got to explain to me, you have to change. <sighs> Black characters are not just dark skinned white characters. You say it all the time. You know what I mean? And that's a really, I think, the part that, I think that's the part that Rodrigo Perez is missing here. Mm-hmm. Changing his skin tone isn't enough. Mm-hmm. You're not just lathering with a different color. His whiteness and his privilege are a part of who he is. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the piece that I don't see being addressed here. You're talking about the mantle, like the role, the position, like the thing. I mean, because basically Nighthawk, which we saw in in, in Marvel, is a similar role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we saw, oh, man, this is kind of Batman-ish here. Yeah. But – He's in Chicago, the things he cares about, the stuff he's working with, the situations he's working on. You know what I mean? All of that particular stuff plays mm-hmm. a role in who Nighthawk is. Sure. Similarly, Batman, his background, where he's from, his family, yada, yada, yada. You can't just change him white, change him to be dark skin. Sure. And be like, same guy. Nothing else is different. He's just, it's just, it's just, you know, Michael B. Jordan now. Yeah. Yeah, now, I don't if know. you're going to say, hey, we're going to change the entire background of who Bruce Wayne is, okay, now I'm following. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to change how Gotham works. And we're going to, because now I'm starting to, because you, like, in order for you to make Batman, Bruce Wayne black, you got to change Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because his blackness is going to play a role in how he grows up. Sure. Growing up a black billionaire in Gotham Gotham City Ex- please explain well i guess the rest of it that carries with that that logic is does racism and race relations exist in Gotham like it does in the world that you and i exist in and if you're telling me no then i'm like what the hell are you even doing i don't know yeah right you know and so saying? like, like you, what's that, even going on here i don't know i don't know cuz then it just turns into well i want to see him be black and i'm like well he's not though you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you do want to do that, my only thing that I'm holding up as, well, you can't just talk to me about the mantle because I agree. Anyone can wear the mask. But in what we saw from Spider-Verse was Miles was not Peter Parker. Yeah, they're quite different. They did a great job communicating that Penny Parker is not Miles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And as Spider-Man Noir is that, you know what I mean? They did a good job of, look, Peter Parker Prime is not Peter B. Parker. They're different people. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm saying. Like, Miles and Peter were two different people who had two different backgrounds, who went went through different things, and when they encountered each other, they worked through that in their own way. We saw the graffiti from Miles and Uncle Aaron and, you know, his dad being a cop and his dad is black and his his mother is, I think, Puerto Rican? Uh, yeah, Dominican. So. I'm Puerto, not quite Puerto sure, Rican. but you Puerto know, Rican. the like you know, what I'm saying all of that stuff is going to play a role, and that's what I want to see. If you're going to make him black, mm-hmm. you, I want to see all of that happen. If you want to make him Asian, sure. like all of that stuff has to happen because we got to deal with it. 
Sure. And I think it would be a disservice to my blackness if you just go, no, same thing. He's just black. Sure. What? He ain't never been called a nigga before? I mean, I bet. You mean mean, Commissioner Gordon's just accepting the black guy in the suit, mm -hmm. showing up on the roof? Mm -hmm. It's all good? You really trying to tell me that Gotham City, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's the the guy's name? Uh, Commissioner Gordon, and who's the other guy? Uh, The Uh, other cop? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, he's cool with it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. yeah, Commissioner Gordon, the, the 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 black guy is on the roof again for you. Like, I mean, I, he's totally cool with that. Officer Pajuto, go on out there. Listen, don't worry about it. I got it under control. Batman's going to take care of it. Uh-huh. I don't think so. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I, my point. I'm 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 like on the fence with it. I'm, I I don't know how I feel about it. I would prefer that the person who is cast to be Batman is cast for really specific reason, not just. A symbolic, like, oh yeah, we're just going to change it out, and everybody's going to celebrate it. Look what Black Panther did, you know. I, 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 it can't be like that. It can't be like that. There's got to be a really specific reason. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't have like a, a hard stance on this. I, I need. I feel like in my bones, I will know if this person is right as Batman. Uh, here's my point. I want to make my point clear. Bruce Wayne, as we know him in the comics, is a white man. Mm-hmm. He is not a black man. He's not a multiracial man. He's not mulatto. He's not Latino. He's not Asian. And if he was, it would change his experience as Bruce Wayne. Sure. That is the point I'm making. Sure. I'm not saying that Duke isn't out there as the signal. I'm not saying that um, Dick Grayson didn't wear the... But when Dick Grayson was Batman, he was different. He wasn't Bruce's Batman. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only point I'm trying to make as a person who knows the story. It's like Damien as Robin Mm -hmm. is not Jason Todd as Robin. It's not Dick Grayson as Robin. It's not Carrie Kelly as Robin. They're different people who have different stories. Though they've worn the same, they've had the same mantle, they're different people. Yeah. That's my point. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I agree. I completely agree. And um, I'm looking forward to revisiting what we think when we finally figure out who is going to play. I don't think it's going to be a black guy. The Batman. I don't expect it to be either. But, but I think it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, we'll see. That that conversation is going to continue probably for another year or more and then we get casting news. That's, yeah, I think we'll get casting news probably by the end of this year. I think so. Yeah, I hope so. 2021? I hope so. They're going to have to start shooting. I mean, this I don't year. Know, you know how they are with like spoilers and want to lock shit down. So yeah, but they're not going to keep locked down. Who's putting on the cape and cowl mm-hmm. until the release day? No, I doubt it very seriously. I mean, they're talking about Jamie Fox playing Spawn, and we have no clue about Spawn. Yeah, you know, I I gotta believe by twenty twenty twenty, you know, the end of this year, we got an idea what's going on because they're going to have to shoot it next year for it to be ready for twenty one. Yeah, that's right. We've been talking about this movie for years already. Yeah. So. Last thing we got for, for this episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Perfect. Let's segue. Liam Neeses. Let's segue from uh, Black Batman into a man with a bat looking for a black man. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson, during a press junket for a movie that's coming out soon called Cold Pursuit, mm-hmm. told a story about how he gets into character in the movie Cold Pursuit, and this character is exacting some revenge or what have you. And in this press junket, in this interview with a journalist, told a story, a true story, he says, about many years ago, 
a friend of almost his. Almost 40 years ago. Over 40. Over, close to or almost 40 years Yeah. A uh, friend of his uh, was terrible. Unfortunately, uh, the victim of sexual assault was raped. And uh, Liam Neeson thought to ask the question at the time, what color was the person who did this to you? Seems like he's sort of answering his own question as he asks it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, discovering that it was a black man, um, decided to patrol the streets where he lived with a, a kosh, he says, which is a bludgeoning weapon. Uh, looking to fight a black man, looking to take out his anger on a black man who did not commit the crime, who did not sexually assault his friend, just anybody who was willing to fight him. He was looking to fight and hurt or kill a black man. And he told this story in this press junket, and he ends the story by saying, you know, and then I realized what I was doing, and it was horrible, and I was ashamed of myself, and violence begets violence. And that's why I told you the story about this movie in which I commit some revenge. And the world, like myself, thought, excuse me? Huh? And now here we are, having a conversation about, what did we do? Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon, Why? Why? We got Adam. We thoughts. Uh, it's you know when I first heard this story, it was like my my reaction is not clear cut, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a um, it's like when you see yarn in a ball. Yeah, you know, I don't know where this end is. I don't know where it started. I don't know how to untangle it. I guess I'm just gonna get in there and start untangling it with some questions. And uh, I think I'm confused as to why he would share this story in the environment that he was sharing it in like in an interview mm -hmm. about this <laughs> comedy by the way it's a dark <laughs> comedy from what i understand from what he says um it seemed like he went to a really dark place as he was telling the story and i went on a bit of a roller coaster thinking like if he is about to admit to having these really dangerous horrible deplorable awful racist thoughts as a form of asking for penance, like I've had these thoughts, they were disgusting and they were driven by a bias that I was maybe unaware of and I'm ashamed for them. And racism is ugly and to commit violence against someone specifically because of their race is, is ugly. The ugliest thing that I can fathom. And if he were to continue and, and ask for some like some absolution for having these horrible things and admit to something awful that he thought about, then I think maybe I would be able to award him some merit for bringing up something disgusting, for asking for forgiveness and provoking other people to think, do have you also thought this? Are you ready to have a conversation about this, about the horrible thing that went through your brain? And he didn't. He uh, instead concluded by saying, you know, violence begets violence and vengeance begets vengeance. And that's bad for the world. And neglected to mention anything about the race portion of the story. Uh, and then went on an apology tour in which he said, and I quote, I'm not racist. And it continued to neglect to bring up the ugliness 
of those thoughts, the racially driven ugliness of those thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm so confused as to how you can share something so awful and not grapple with the reality of, uh, reality of it. Because you know it's horrible, but you, there's a piece that you're missing. What do you think the piece is, is he's missing? He's not admitting to the fact that he had racist thoughts. And he did. Is he not admitting to the fact that he had racist thoughts? Or is he saying he is not I think he is not acknowledging that the thought itself was racist. I think he's acknowledging that it was violent. And those things, in my mind, are different. There's a piece, there's a factor missing. And uh, I think there's a conversation that could be had if he were to admit to something regarding the way that he felt about black people, about black a black man, and like the way that he wanted to exact his revenge against someone he had never met solely based on the, the skin color. Like, what in the world? But he won't say that. He'll only say, you know, I, I, I power walk, and that's how I got over my anger, as if it's just an anger issue. It, how do you admit to something so awful and still miss the honesty of it, and still miss the truth. If, if we talked about truth on this episode, how do you expose people to this disgusting truth, re a real truth, and then still not reckon with the full truth? Hmm. And uh, I am, I'm confused. I don't get it. I don't understand why this was like an awful tactic promoting your film, my friend. Um, I don't. I don't know what to make of this. What do I make of this? What do you make of this? I got some thoughts. Um, first thing I want to do, of course, is go to the quote and like get some of the details on what what he said here. Now, there's a couple different conversations he had. He had a Good Morning America conversation, mm -hmm. um, but this is the original quote. So, because this is this is how I have to make sense of this stuff because it's nuanced. Mm -hmm. As soon as I heard about it, I was like, "He said what? What he did, he did what? Like, wait a minute, hold on, let me figure yeah. out what 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 happened exactly." Like, I what? went and I listened to the full interview because I was thinking, "All right, something's out of context. There's more to this story." Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. So he says, "This is quote." She handled the situation of the rape in the most extraordinary way. But my immediate reaction was, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person and went up and down areas with a kosh. This is a crowbar, apparently, mm -hmm. or a bat or something, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. And I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard mm. would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. I was, it was horrible, horrible when I think back that I did that. It's awful. But I did learn a lesson from it when I eventually thought, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I come from a society. I grew up in Northern Ireland in the Troubles and, you know, I knew a couple of guys that died on hunger strike. Um, he continues, I had acquaintances who were very caught up in the troubles, and I understand that need for revenge. 
but it just leads to more revenge, to more killing and more killing and Northern Ireland's proof of that. All this stuff that's happening in the world, the violence is proof of that, you know? So that's, that's the quote of what he said. And as I read that, and as I, I listened to it too, I was kind of going, okay, so let's call a spade a spade. You was wildin'. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no way of getting around that. Like, you find out that a black guy raped your friend. Your friend getting raped is terrible. That is obvious for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not even in question. Mm-mm. And even him talking about it when he on the Good Morning America, he was saying, I don't have the quote of that. He was saying, like, in his mind, it was like almost this medieval primal. Uh, Honor, like I was, it was to honor her or like avenge her or, you know, get revenge for what was going on. And in his mind at the time, he was like, I'm going out almost like a Conan. This is, I'm, 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 I'm adding to it. Sure. Like a Conan, someone's harm my, my camp. I'm going back out to, you know, get revenge. So pick a movie, pick a book. Pick a comic book, yada yada yada. So in, in in reality, there's a lot of it. Like when he talks about this primal reactionary thing, a lot of that sounds like what I hear us talking about. What to, that toxic masculinity? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a man, mm-hmm. and you hurt my friend, yeah. and she's a woman. Yeah. So I gotta go out and I gotta hurt you. If I can't hurt you, I gotta hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you say those words out loud, you're like, that's crazy that's crazy and there's an aspect of it that's like but i hear you though like mm-hmm. i i understand what you're saying because i i think i've told you this before something happened to my daughter you need to lock me up sure yeah put me away don't like because you're gonna have to stop me yeah you know what i'm saying like there's a reality to where i understand what he's saying like i'm i'm blind with rage i'm i'm going crazy like mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to hurt somebody mm-hmm. and that's not the first time I've heard a story like that no you know people are like I'm just so angry I'm going to go hurt somebody mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something bad tonight you yeah. know I'm going to go destroy something we've seen it happen in all kinds of situations everything from actual violence to various communities you know, of underprivileged or underrepresented folks to someone wins or loses the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? We've seen people act act out in ways that are just like, this is nuts. Yeah. We can call it what it is. Yeah. This is not okay. And in this situation, it's like, yeah, this sure enough sounds like racism and prejudice to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say, I was hoping, I was walking around black neighborhoods hoping that someone would come at me so I could kill him. Some black bastard. Yeah. Like that actively sounds like racism. Yeah. That sounds like I'm going to go out and commit violence to this community group because of how I feel about them collectively. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it's kind of just like, well, this is a non-issue. Sure. Not a non-issue. This is like, there's no discussion to be had here. Yeah. Clean cut. Yeah. It's racist. Done. Yeah. I don't care what you say. Right. Now, here's the other thing that I'm wrestling through mm-hmm. is like, we've talked about this before on the show. If you're new to this, I'm going to introduce it again. 
mercy, mm-hmm. and grace. Yeah. Mercy is not giving someone what they deserve. Grace is not only not giving someone what they deserve, but giving them what they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. We are working in a time period where I think I struggle, I struggle to see mercy and grace applied in the world we live in. Yeah, I would agree. We don't actively see examples of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're wrong. That's off the table. You being right or wrong is off the table. Or on the flip side, humility. Tell me more. I mean, to offer forgiveness is to recognize that someone was wrong or did something wrong, mm-hmm. and you have now offered them, I think, uh, uh, grace or mercy, depending on on what the context is, but you've offered them forgiveness. It's okay. We can move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. The opposite is someone who has done something wrong, who has to mm. admit mm. to themselves and to others, it saying, I have done something wrong. Yeah. I'm asking for forgiveness, or I am telling everyone that I acknowledge my wrongness, mm-hmm. my humility. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't see those. Yeah. I agree with that. That's a great point, Adam. That's a great yeah. point. So I think that what I see that's going on, on the internet is people fumbling and stumbling through. I'm being honest. I'm, that's what you want me to do, right? You want me to tell the truth, like tell my truth. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that person anymore. Yet this happened. Isn't that what you, you told me? You told me this is what you wanted me to do. Yeah. Or I believe this is the right thing to do. I'm telling you who I was, but I am no longer that person anymore. Yeah. This is my truth. This is my reality. This happened. This happened to me. I did this. Mm-hmm. And I see it now and I am ashamed of it. I am I, I am scared in saying it or I'm not proud of it, but this is who I am. Those things went into making me who I am right now. Mm-hmm. Is there grace for me? Mm-hmm. Is there mercy for me? Is there forgiveness for me? And oftentimes what I hear is a resounding, fuck no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what the that's what the internet says back to you. Like, yeah. no, yeah, no mercy, no forgiveness, no grace. I want perfection. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, but you're not perfect. But at the same time, what you've done, what you were going to do, what your thoughts and intentions were, were freaking terrible. Yeah. And I think we have to really start thinking through grace, mercy, forgiveness, and humility. We got to start working through this. This is hard work. Yeah. Because I look at Liam Nielsen and I see what he's doing and I go, I have two things where I'm like, that was terrible. But at the same time, I hear you and and, and I appreciate your honesty mm-hmm. and I appreciate the self-awareness that you have to say, this was terrible. Sure. But also being able to recognize that you do have a level of privilege that you get to tell this story sure, without the fear of something happening to you. Yeah. Because there's a time period where if black men looked at white women, that's it. They'd be killed. Yeah. I mean, and the Trayvon would have been 24, I think. Yeah. And the whole reason why he's not here anymore is because somebody was doing some Liam Nielsen stuff was out and about looking for somebody, mm-hmm. looking for something. Yeah. I see a guy out there, he's got he's got a hoodie on and he's a, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the exact same situation. But at the same time, what we want to I, I think I I have to assume what we want to believe is that people 
at least I don't want to say we, what I want to believe is that people who had and have these horrible thoughts are redeemable. Mm-hmm. They can be redeemed. Yeah. They can be reformed. They can be changed. They can, they, they can't like, I want to believe that it's possible for someone what I believe by God's grace doesn't run into the black, quote, black bastard, mm-hmm. doesn't get in the fight, doesn't get killed. And by God's grace, they grow, they change. And like when he, like he said, he's like, when I came down from it, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I want to, I want to believe that's possible. Mm-hmm. Because if that's not possible, what's the point? Sure. Of all this yelling and screaming and hollering and protesting. What's the point if we believe you can't change? You are my eternal enemy. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. It will forever be He-Man versus Skeletor. You know what I'm saying? It will forever be Batman versus Joker. Like, this is an unredeemable feud. Black people versus white people. Straight people versus gay people. There's no in-between. Because that's discouraging for me and that's often what i walk away with it's just like this is this this is there's just no hope i have a number of things to say and 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 this is a short list of things that i'm i'm thinking Mm -hmm. about and and working through myself Mm -hmm. and the first starts with offering a little bit of of context in terms of what i know and what i don't know Mm -hmm. what i don't know is how things work in northern ireland Mm -hmm. how they did work then Regarding race. Right. I don't know. What I assume is true is if they do not work similarly as as to how they have worked in the past here in the United States, what I assume to be true is in Northern Ireland, 40 years ago, white people still found themselves to be superior to black people. Mm -hmm. I bet that's true. How that was acted upon or what those uh, uh, systems of oppression were. I, I don't know, but I assume that is true. So what I also don't know is, is Liam Neeson aware that what he's saying has a strong racist implication, or does he think that he's simply admitting to his violent instinct and he's apologetic for that violent instinct? I, th- I think that he is unaware of that let's call it implicit bias mm-hmm. or subconscious racism. Mm-hmm. I think he's unaware of that or potentially so unaware if of you're that. assuming positive intent. Uh, yeah. If I'm assuming positive intent, potentially so unaware of that, that as he's apologizing, he's saying, no, 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 no. The story I was saying is in a very literal sense, I asked what did this person look like? And that meant that I was looking for a person who looked like that or fit the description of the attacker. And I wanted to exact my revenge on that type of person. Mm-hmm ignorant of race relations. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time making that that ass- assumption of positive intent because I think that's just wacky. I, I Listen, I'm not telling you I have a... It's easy yeah. for me. You know what no, I mean? Uh, yeah, and, and I It's should, hard for me too, but there's a... There, and there's a part of me that's like... Is there grace for him though? Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? So like that's, if, if he's standing here looking... Because this is... I was talking to my wife about this. At a certain point, 
I got to look at who's standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I got to look at your recent track record. Mm-hmm. Because I'll always be able to flip back in the history far enough to go, eee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is you? It's like, that was me. Yeah. And the only, I, I, I don't know if that's true or not. But your actions speak louder than your words. Yeah. If your lifestyle communicates that you have changed and you communicate that you're apologetic, at a certain point, I don't know how much, how, 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 if I can continue to hold you hostage to your past. Well, here's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I need in order to not hold Liam Neeson hostage to his past. Admitting this story is a form of honesty that I think is valuable and it has provoked people to have conversations about things that are true. Mm -hmm. And I will say to you right now, because you know who I am now, Mm -hmm. that I have definitely had racist thoughts in my mind as a younger person and continue to, Mm -hmm. that I have to work through Mm -hmm. and encounter, not engage. I, I, this is a part of my understanding of myself, my upbringing, the system that raised me, the patriarchy, white supremacy, everything. Mm -hmm. I still have those thoughts. Mm -hmm. I maintain that I still grapple with that. And the reason why I I overcome that is because I listen, I learn, I engage with people who care about me. I care about other people. Mm -hmm. I'm parts of communities that, that make me more full. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. I was talking about you yesterday to a friend of mine. Yeah. And I was saying the thing about Adam is Adam, in his privilege, from what I can see from my relationship with him, is he actively gets up off his throne of white privilege and walks towards the things that he doesn't understand and goes, hey, man, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to understand what's going on here. You yeah. know what I mean? Or I like, try. That, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you recognize I am clearly on a throne of privilege here. I, I am. It's not yeah. lost on you yeah. with your with your words and your deeds. Yeah. Not just lip service, with your deeds as well. Yeah. And you actively move towards people who are not like you mm-hmm. with your words and your deeds and go, I want to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you right. I'm not here to tell you wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to understand. I want to get clarity. How can I help? What can I do differently? Yeah. And that's something that I've seen with my own two eyes in my own life with you. And and I appreciate that you say that to me because I I want to do that and I can't measure that effect on myself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that doesn't I, communicate perfection, but it's like yeah. I see the intent. Well, and that's the thing is in the the most important thing to me is no one is perfect. I am certainly not perfect, and that that's just it. That's part of it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't solve this, bub. That that's. You have to grapple with it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates said uh, uh, when we saw him speak, you know, you, this there's no point in time when you say like, okay, I'm good, I'm done, it's it's over. Right. You you grapple with it every day, and on my end, I grapple with my privilege, what has been bestowed to me, my ancestors, my my you know the the history of violence against people who don't look like me mm-hmm. to preserve people who do look like me, mm-hmm. and um. What I need, what what I appreciate is that Liam Neeson has used a form of honesty that is valuable because in order for us to make headway on anything, to progress any kind of relationship with one another at large, we need to be honest. And this bullshit, like racism only looks like uh, KKK members. Like, no, 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 that's not what it is, actually. Mm-hmm. It's low key. It's crossing the street when you see someone who frightens you and not even thinking about why. 
You know, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. So what I need to see from Liam Neeson. It's interesting that you bring that up. I need him to make a, a, I need his, I need a complete humility because what I see him doing is admitting to his violent tendencies and missing the racist tendency. Can I say what I think you're saying? Sure. You're saying, yeah, man, I was a violent dude. And it's like, you're going to be violent because you're racist. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not racist. I was just like, I was kind of like enraged. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You, but that's because of racism. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not racist. I'm not racist. I was just angry. Yeah. And it's like, but that anger, you felt justified in doing it to black people because of how you felt about black people. Nope, that's not it. Mm-hmm. If it was a Scottish guy, I would have done it to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you're missing it. Yeah. Am I getting it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a person who is explaining that they made a cake badly by saying, well, first I had the eggs and then, you know, uh, 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 I put a little vanilla in there. I put a little syringe of poison in there. I put it in the oven and I didn't bake it for long enough. When it came out, it looked bad. And I realized I didn't bake it for long enough. And I'm over here saying, what about the poison? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, like you, I'm glad you learned something from this. Mm-hmm. You, you skipped right over you one of those ingredients. Yeah. It's so this is an incomplete humility. It is an incomplete realization. It is an incomplete apology. Mm-hmm. So this, what you could do in your position of power as a celebrity, as a white guy, as a wealthy person, is say... I had horrible, violent, racist thoughts 40 years ago, and I almost carried them out. Thank God I didn't. Thank God 40 years later, I have learned, I have listened, I have soothed my soul, and I have figured out. And that's so the power walk is kind of a key. He says he he got rid of those tendencies from a power walk. That's what explained institutionalized racism. It wasn't by having a clarity of. Hey, listen, not all black people are the same. Not all people are the same. Not all XYZ are the same. Let's learn about privilege. Let's learn about da 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 da. Nope. I willed it away. If he admits these things, all of this stuff, these things that I'm describing, if he admits all these things, they are horrible. They are never not horrible. And it is fair to say that's horrible. That's fucked up. it's fair to be disgusted and enraged because it deserves that. But what's also fair is that complete, capital C, complete honesty allows other people to to recognize that Mm -hmm. in themselves and think, shit, Liam Neeson came out here and said something wild. I don't know why he said it in a press junket, but he said something wild. And you know what? It made me think, I've done that. I've been there. And I'm glad I'm not now. He hasn't done that. He hasn't. He hasn't given me that full thing. So uh, at first, I think I I wanted to defend him and think Liam Neeson's got to be a good guy. There's obviously more context here where mm-hmm. he reckons with that. I haven't heard it. Mm. I haven't heard it. And so I'm over here thinking like this is this is nuts. I appreciate your level of honesty. I am confused as hell as to why you think that environment deserved that kind of story. And especially confused as to why you can't reckon with what I would argue 
is the most important egregious sin. Well, I can understand. I don't. I don't understand in the sense of like it's okay, but I understand in the sense of like in 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 watching him interact with it, he responded the way many people interact with being pointed out. Like, hey, bro, that's racist. Mm-hmm. You know, their first reaction is like, I'm not a racist. Like it's, it's an like, insult. You know, well. I think that's one of the most insulting things you can say to white people is call them racist. That's what white people—I'm speaking for white people now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what white people seem to think, and I think that's part of the problem. I I have a different viewpoint. I think I have reached (laughs) some— I've reached some Super Saiyan level in which someone tells me that I'm racist, and that is my my clue to investigate the thing that I did. Not to respond, no, I'm not. Or get offended because I, you call me like you know a, a bad name, because it's not it's not a bad name. You're pointing out something that impacted you as racist, which means I need to investigate what the what the fuck did I do? I probably did something racist. Mm-hmm. I probably did, and that probably came from a long, deeply rooted, established concept in my mind that I just haven't grappled with, or for some reason it's like still stuck. Do you feel like that perspective is unique for you? Do, Do I think like it's your un- mom and your dad feel that way and your brothers and your peers? I mean, uh, me, even being in the place we record, I'm I'm the minority whenever I walk in here. Yeah. Do you think that the majority of your peers feel that way? I I I want to say I couldn't say, but I will say no, I don't think the majority of my peers would say that. And I agree. I I don't think that. I think that the I think that again, some I was, do. I, I was talk. I was talking about you yesterday. Yeah. And the conversation was Adam is rare. Well, um, yeah. This, this experientially, you're a rare dude. I'm not even trying to paint you as like king. You know. Yeah. You know, awareness of race. Statistically, yes. Special, no. Like my relationship with you, the depth of relationship with you. And our, the way we're able to dialogue and discuss and relate about things like this mm-hmm. is rare. Mm. Like even, like again, not just with words, with your deeds, with your actions. Like I've seen you, me say something to you like, hey man, and your first reaction kind of be like, what? But then I've also seen you kind of like gather yourself and kind of go, hold on, let me get myself, all right, well, let me put myself, all right, wait, all right. So what are you saying now? Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know what I mean? I don't have a lot of relationships with white people where I can go. It's almost like you, there's this concept called a bond servant. Mm. A bond servant is a a willing slave. Mm -hmm. It's like someone who goes, I volunteer to be subservient to this. Mm -hmm. And for you, it's almost like you're a bond servant. Like you willingly submit yourself to, like when, when you say, Hey man, I think that that's out of line. Your reaction is to kind of be like, "What? I do so much work to not be there. Uh, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. Octavius has just activated the thing that I submit to. Yeah. I willingly submit to. If you say that about me, I submit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not Octavius isn't putting me in a chokehold. I'm stepping down and going. Okay, I will step down, and I will go. What are you saying to me? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people who go. Well, I submit to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. If this is what we're talking about, because I kind of have that relationship with my wife. There's certain things my wife go says to me, and I kind of go, "Whoa, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's happening? What are you saying? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what's the deal here?" 
Because if you're saying that, then that means everything. I got to shut everything else down because nothing overrides that. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that a lot in people of privilege. Sure. A lot of times people of privilege go, they go, I have spoken. Mm -hmm. I am not racist. I have spoken. Yeah. I am not homophobic. I have spoken. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Over. Discussion is over. I rule this. Bang, bang, gavel. Done. Yeah. But like I'm saying, you know, and that's why I go, do you think that that is prevalent? So, and, and I'm tying it back to Liam Nielsen because when I hear him talk. <laughs> you keep putting an L in his last name. I think it's funny. Neeson. Neeson? Neeson? You can put an S on the end Liam too Nieses? if that helps. Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Uh-huh. Because Lil when, I, when I come back to Lil Nieces, <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah, you got to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I'm not in a situation where it's like, it's all good. It's perfect. But I think that there's some, there's a conversation to have here that is like more of this. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. More of, hey, man. This is where I was. This is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Let's have a discussion. Yes. Because even that posture from Lil Nieces, mm-hmm. that's rare. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, look, I acknowledge this is terrible. I'm saying it in public. Even when he's on Good Morning America, I'm like, damn, you going to tell the story again? Again. In full detail? Oh, man. But there's, some, but there's something about it yeah. that's kind of like either A... You are ignorant mm-hmm. to what you're saying, or B, you're fully aware and you're like, I've dealt with this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, there's no fear here. Yeah. There's nothing for me to be afraid of. This is my truth. I'm eight mile in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talk to me. What you got to say? This is what happened. This is what I went through. This is what I believe. Let's talk. Sure. sure. Who, who has something they'd like to say? Yeah. I'm not hiding it. This is the reality of it. And I'm kind of like, man, you know, like, I appreciate the fact that you bring it to the table because it's not me going, you're this way. It's going, hey, I'd like to announce, here I go. This is me. Sure. This is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, to, to to flip it on another angle, that, that kind of honesty is something that I appreciate in other people. I know that I like listening to Charlemagne the God because he's that kind of honest, yep. even when it doesn't seem like it's an appropriate or easy thing to say. Mm-hmm. But I also know that like he's an asshole, but he also knows this. That's and, part, that's, you know, it's it like a purpose. part of it. But w- I, I suppose L- Lil Nieces going on GMA and telling the full story again and skip th- the same story beats, skipping the same stuff, including the same stuff, is a testament that he thinks he's telling his full truth. But I think that that's the point of our relationship with people who are different than you. Yeah. Because I don't know how many people, black folk, he have in his life to go, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. Did, did, did he Wait not pay attention minute. to widows? He was married to a black. You know what? He did. I'm not gonna betray uh, betray the the blackout congregation and explain the ending. Uh huh. But little nieces saw falling into place for me. Yeah, but I mean, but I'm saying like that. I think is part of what it is to say, hey man, you know, I don't really have any relationships like this, so I could totally be wrong as two left shoes in this particular area. Yeah. And I'm walking around feeling like, hey man, I'm telling my full truth. I'm totally exposing myself. And someone goes, excuse me, you didn't address the racism in this at all. Hmm. I'm not racist. What racism? I'm not you know? racist. And then being able to sit, have a sit down discussion and go, let's work through this. Let's talk through this. But 
you have to have relational capital with people who yeah. are from these various re- communities or at least seek out voices, mm-hmm. black voices. And what my hope is that little nieces and, you know, others would be listening to black voices that go, fam, I hear you. What I don't hear you addressing is the racism in it. Mm-hmm. And even when someone points it out, you go, no, I, no, I'm not. I don't hear him say, no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I hear him saying, no, I am not today, mm-hmm. yeah. which he very well may not be. But I do give, I, I give, you know, there's, there's grace. To, in my mind, there's grace for him mm-hmm. today in that interview and, and on Good Morning America. There's grace for him to miss that. You know what I mean? And not in the sense of like, it's okay, keep on chugging, but I'm saying, all right, let's continue. You know what I mean? Let's continue this discussion because that is how the progress is made. Sure. You know what I mean? Because who in their mission of their wrong of their wrongdoing is going to be like, and I am perfect now. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, you should see me. Black guys, yeah. love them. Black women want to marry one. Mm-hmm. Too bad I'm already married. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's got to be a certain level of. Ex- I would have voted for Barack Obama for a third term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm I'm from Ireland, but yeah. if I was in America, I mean, yeah. and listen, if Kanye runs off, vote for him. It's like, oh. Wait, all right, hold on, Ooh. little nieces, <laughs> let's let's bring it back here. Maya, but you know what I'm saying? Make America Yeezy again, Maya. No, I just I'm just trying to say that I think that there's something to wrestle through, which is like, if we're going to have these conversations, we're going to work through our mess. They going to be messy. Yes. You know? Agreed. Agreed. Forgiveness, mercy, grace, humility. These are pe- basically working through people's mess. Yeah. And I think the, the reality of what I'm trying to like point out is please don't expect messy things to be clean. Or easy. We talking about work. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be work. If we're going to deal with homophobia, xenophobia, racism, sexism, X, Y, and Z, we're going to lead a lot, a lot of honesty, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and humility. Like we're going to need all of that stuff brought to the table, and these are going to be tough conversations. And that's why I get worried about social media and the hot takes and we're getting need retweets. That's the most important. Yeah, I, I get worried about those things because difficult doesn't get a retweet. You know. Uh, Huh? Oh, okay. See, difficult. Uh huh. Difficult. Now, you mind if I praise God? Don't get it. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, and I, I think I, th- I think the the reverse effect is what we see most often is what is retweeted most often. Right. And that means that eventually our brains are influenced to not offer that kind of. A nuanced approach. Mm-hmm. We we are looking for the quickest take. We're we've talked about this time and time and time again. Yeah. The thing I, I think I can resolve to say that most disappoints me about this situation is I expect a celebrity like Liam Neeson, Lil Neeses, Lil Neeses, excuse me, to have more resources than your average person, mm-hmm. which means there should be more people surrounding you including people helping you with your public image, your PR uh, campaign, telling you how to get yourself out of this mess. No one else in the world should have more help than a celebrity when it comes to apologizing. Because you got people over here saying like, here's how you clean up your brand. 
Let's yeah. get you out of this. Yeah. And what I'm seeing, Olivia Pope. What I'm seeing is that did not happen, which means this is a widespread issue. Yeah, Adam. This is this. I know it's a widespread issue. It is I think it just systemic. It just it racism it's so and prejudice. Fucking sucks to be reminded. It just sucks. You know, it sucks mm-hmm. to be reminded. It sucks to be reminded, and it's disappointing as a white person to see another white person miff it so badly and just think, oh, you like you you approached you were <laughs> you were getting there with that brutal honesty, and you whiffed. Dang, bad look on all of you. I just, uh, but I, but I, but, and I just want to keep, because here's what I think about, right? Internet, I'm a Christian. Y'all may or may not know it. Mm. This is the thing I recognize so much in my walk, in me being a Christian, in me living my life. Power walk. Yeah. Power walking with God. (laughs) Power walking with God. Oh my God. That's what he did. He was power walking with God. And when there was only one set of footprints, uh-huh. I was power walking with God on the beach. Hey, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. No, but the thing I recognize is <laughs> growth takes time and it happens over steps. And if I take a snapshot of someone's walk at any given moment, it's going to look different. Like, I'm not the same person. You know, February 21st will be three years of us doing this podcast in an official sense. Praise God. And not the same person I was when we started. No. In some very practical ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Grown, developed. I mean, you can go back and listen to episode one. Now listen to, we've got 130-some episodes total, but our main episodes is 103, this is. 103. 103. Yeah. yeah. This is a lot. I mean, a lot has happened. I, I have a kid. I kidney disease, mm-hmm. yada yada yada, and like, there's got to be some room for growth to happen. Mm-hmm. That that's really the big picture. Of what I'm saying here, and if we don't leave space for that, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how well how how well we're gonna do on this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and what I'm hearing is. That, uh, being I, I, being being able to ask Liam Neeson. To go back and do a little more work, and then when you're done, when you think you're done again, go ahead and turn that paper into me again. Mm-hmm. It's not done yet. I'm giving you more time. Right. I'm. I am expecting more of you. I expect higher, and I want you to work on it. Get. I'll get there with you if mm-hmm. you choose to get there with me. Mm-hmm. But you're not. You're not. You're not quite there yet. I'm not shutting you out. You're not canceled. You. But you're not there yet. And that's what I'm saying. Like I. I don't know if I've said this to you before. There are a lot of people I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But what my goal is, is to be a member of the advisory board of their heart. Mm. Like, I just want to have a seat at the table of your heart. Mm. I want to be around. I want to be one of the voices that you at least listen to. Yeah. You and I don't agree on everything. And there's just some stuff that's as wrong as two left shoes. But what I want to be able to do is for you to at least listen to me when I talk to you. Yeah. You may not obey or follow, but hey, man, if you think 45 is the one, there's certain people who I want to have a seat at the advisory board of their heart. Mm-hmm. I just want to be around. You know what I'm saying? Some stuff is going to be like, all right, we don't agree on that. 
you, we gonna get these wings or what? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, the certain way you do this or do that or live, and that's what I've recognized what it means to walk with people mm-hmm. over time. And I've been walking with people for days, weeks, months, years, decades, because people have walked with me. And there's times where I'll call somebody up and go, oh, that's what you were saying. Okay, and if nobody ever lets me get to that point, if they cancel me, I'm done. No growth. You don't you never let me get to the point where I go, I was being ripped. I was race okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I've had those moments with my wife where I was like, Oh, all these years, that's what I'm she's like, yes. That's what I've been saying all these years. And I'm like, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. Wife, forgive me. Yeah. And it is an emotional, tear-filled moment where she's like, I've been waiting for you to apologize for that mm. for years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I needed to hear you say I'm sorry. I didn't know. that. I mean, I had a conversation with my mom. I didn't know I needed to hear her say I apologize. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's just the part I want to introduce that concept. Like some people, I just, I, my conviction is not to just cancel people. Some people, now there's a certain amount of relationship I got to have. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, but that's just something I want to bring to the table of like, sometimes it's not a one and done. Mm -hmm. You got to walk with people long enough for them to grow. And that influence that you have over people for a long period of time can be the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, of course. And that's just the reality of what I bring from my relationship with God. And and, and it's know? also a testament to simply the effect of spending time with people who aren't like you. Yeah. And increasing opportunity and exposure to share and receive from other cultures. Yeah. And people who grew up in different ways than you. And not making it, you better agree with me on every time. I'm out of here. It's like, well, how in the world are we ever going to get through anything if you fundamentally must agree with me on all things from Jump Street? Like, that's probably not realistic. We're probably going to have to walk together. But in the same way, how can two people walk together if they don't agree? There's a certain amount of things that we have to foundationally agree on. Mm -hmm. But there's other things. And I'm just, again, that's how I look at it. Some folks, it's like, well, I just want you to answer the phone when I call you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just want you to call me. I want to invite you to things. I want to go to stuff. And we don't have to agree on everything because I'm never going to get to know about anything or be exposed to anything different if I don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've learned a lot. I'm going to shut up after this because I've been talking for a while. I use the Reed and Kid Fury and Crystal's Crystal as a great example. I've been listening to the read for years now. Mm-hmm. And my understanding of the LGBTQ community, specifically the black LGBTQ community, has greatly grown because of, in a lot of ways, Kid Fury and Crystal mentoring me via their podcast. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't know anything about, man, I never even knew that. Oh, gosh, I'm homo- I've been homophobic in that area. Wow, I didn't even, that's how y'all see it? Oh, okay. So I'm go, I go out of my way to like consume media from people who aren't like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think now my, my understanding is continuously growing. And I do that in various ways. Like I listen to podcasts that are just women, just black women talking, being like, I mean, that's a lot of what, 
Amanda Seals, I be knowing thing yeah. was like, that. Was, that wasn't for me yeah. in a lot of ways. That was for black women, you know? So I just try to consume that stuff. So I'm like, okay, you know? And yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Little nieces, I guarantee you, you did not become a Jedi like that. You got more work to do. Right. Put that brown robe back on. But Little Nieces, we thank you for your five stars and your positive comment. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we appreciate it. I uh, know this made its way to you. Mm-hmm. Listen, there is grace for you, Little Nieces. Mm-hmm. Know that. From That's me, right. there's grace for you. There's room for you to grow. Um, please continue to pr- in your pursuit of development and growth. And internet, all of you listening to us talk for two hours, even though... Are we at two hours? Yes. Even though... Most definitely. We were just talking about having crazy long podcasts. Um, thank you for listening to our the sun gonna shine. This <laughs> is gonna be what it is. Two hours of our podcast, and please continue to grow in your pursuit of knowledge and development and truth. Um, because, yeah, man, you don't know everything. Yeah, and there's still there's still room for you to develop and mature. And and same for us. And thank you for being on the journey with us on Comic Book Junto. Yep. So that's episode one hundred three. Hit us up on the internet's interwebs with your thoughts at Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedderus, at Comic Book Junto. Um, obviously, since we've talked for two hours, we don't have time to do our Elite Battle Angel, so we'll come back around to that. We'll get to it. Um, but yes, let us know what your thoughts are on the various topics we spoke about on this episode. Um, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. For those of you that are new, welcome to the Junto. We appreciate you guys for coming. Join Bring a friend, share this discussion, let us know your thoughts. We really love your feedback. Please leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. If you can, leave us comments on SoundCloud. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure the Oscars still don't have a host. So let them know you want Adam, uh, Jack Black History Month, Tatteris, <laughs> and Octavius A. Newman. That would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's it we love y'all until next time peace <laughs>